When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. And first up, today's episode, ads. Gosh, they're all over the place in new sneaky ways where you wouldn't expect them. And later, I've got an important warning for you if you've left an old employer And you're trying to figure out what to do with your 401k. And I'm also going to take your questions. So product placement, it's something that was really, there was a prescient thing in a movie that was... um, The Truman Show. Thank you, Chris. The Truman Show with Jim Carrey. Thank you. How did you you know that I couldn't remember the Truman Show? It was what this made me think of too was the Truman Show. Just mind meld. That was very impressive. Okay. So in the Truman Show, the writers of that movie, which was, what, 30 years ago? Wow. Long time ago. They were like, this is where advertising's going. Because the Truman Show, if you're not aware, was the first thing in 1998. So 24 years ago. It was the first, like, true reality show kind of mimic. And it was a thing where they followed this kid from coming out of the womb till he was an adult and it was on 24 hours a day and it was giant soap opera and the kid didn't realize that he was in just this voyeuristic thing that people were watching him all the time and he was in what was a fake town that's actually a, a real town called seaside in florida and everything was about you know every morning i do have a coke zero And then, you know, when I have to buy gasoline for my vehicle, my favorite store to go to is Bucky's. I can't wait to be at Bucky's. And so everything would be a product placement. And when I'm looking for the best consumer advice anywhere, I go to (laughs) Clark.com. And so that is the idea of the product placement. It was all through it. So instead of running commercials, the show just ran continuously 24 hours a day. That was all part of the whole idea of the movie and today we're aware that product placement is everywhere but it's so subtle so often it's not like how i did it so cartoony it's more subtle than that uh the outfit somebody may be wearing that's noticeable that's an obvious brand name or obviously the car somebody's driving and any food they're serving places they're at all that almost always now part of how they make their money on a show is with the product placement. It's just how it or so- social media is huge on social. Yeah. Media. And yeah. I've got the influencers on social media that get a following. And once you have, I'm trying to remember if the magic number is 1.5 million I don't know. followers on social media, something like that. Your value as an influencer goes way up to the ad agencies and that's when you're likely to start 
earning the real money. So you've got all these people in their teens and 20s that are trying to hit the critical number that will get them enough following that they then can say, you know, when I go on vacation, I love when I stay at the Hilton Garden Inn or whatever. I mean, it's just like, and people who love that person, follow that person, are influenced so heavily by what that influencer says. And so you got to be aware we're being played. Traditional advertising, gosh, you get it. You're watching, well, I only know about commercials from watching football, but when the ads come on in football, I know it's an ad, right? It's clear, it's an ad. But when you're watching entertainment television or you're following somebody on social media, you got to know that it's more subtle there and it's all about the suggestive sale. And this all came about because of the way we absorb content now, video content, where we scan through the commercials or we mute the commercials or whatever people do. So it's become harder for the ad agencies to be confident that they're getting the results from the eyeballs or the ears that they were getting before. And so that's why putting it in the content itself or in the case of an influencer from that influencer who's already got this dedicated following, having that as the way to communicate is what everybody's up to. And you just got to know that this is going on. And just because an influencer says, oh, yeah, you should absolutely blah, blah, blah. I love doing whatever. You can love them, but know that that's bought and paid for when they tell you to do this or do that or do the other. I want you to think about something that will generate Clark stinks, even though I'm talking about it. Crypto. Last year, when all the crypto companies were rolling in the money and they were trying to gain market share or recognition, they were hiring big name endorsers to do ads. And there were even ads during the last Super Bowl by, um, was it Matt Damon did an ad? I'm trying to remember. Anyway, trying to get people to take real money and buy these speculative cryptos that no one had heard of. And look what happened. I mean, people got wiped out on so many of these speculative cryptos. And it was because people they trusted said, hey, this is the real deal. This is great. And the results have been really bad, ugly. So enough said about crypto, because I know every time I mention crypto, the people come out of the woodwork saying, you don't get it, Clark. Well, just I, haven't a that, I haven't heard a lot of that lately. So. Oh, really? Well, I think since so many dropped. So. Oh. Okay, we'll go to some questions. This one is from, I'm guessing not his real name, Mr. Pickles in Illinois. <laughs> Hi, Clark. Now that inflation is heating up, how are your Prosper and Lending Club experiments going? I haven't heard an update in quite a while. So, gosh, I did do an update a few months ago explaining that Lending Club had gotten out of the risk pooling business and the money is loans pay off. The money is rolling into a savings account at a bank that they own and lending club bank or whatever they call it has been paying higher interest rates 
than the general market. And I'm waiting till all my loans roll off and I'm done as a lender on Lending Club to then give you the full report on how good or bad I did with it. Prosper, my returns with Prosper are positive, but they're not great. I have not been exactly rolling in the money. And again, if you're not aware, this is an area we were getting a lot of questions about years ago. And so I said, I really want to be in the game to be able to talk about it. So I put $5,000 with each and then reported people regularly would say, hey, how are you doing with those things? And we'd give an update, you know, I'd sign in, give the update on how my accounts were doing. And my returns deteriorated over time as more and more of the borrowers defaulted on their loans. And I still did okay, but not any fantastic returns with either of them. This is from JP in Florida. Is it a good time to do a reverse mortgage now that the price of your home is up? JP, okay. What a wonderful question to ask. So for for those who are not aware of what a reverse mortgage is, generally it's geared towards people who own their home free and clear. They are in retirement and they're house rich, cash poor. They don't have enough money to maintain lifestyle. They're not worried about kids inheriting the value of the house. And what you do is you turn the house into a mortgage, but one that pays you instead of you paying it. So depending on the guidelines of the particular reverse mortgage you would take out, you're able to take so much of the value of the home and you're either available to pull almost like a line of credit from it or receive a check every month that is why it's called a reverse mortgage. And as you receive money from it, it reduces the equity in the home. You have to maintain the property taxes and insurance on the home yourself. And the big issue with reverse mortgages is the fees up front can be quite large. So this needs to be a solid commitment on your part. And it is something that because of the very high fees, it's a decision not to be made lightly. But if you are not worried about kids inheriting, you're way short of cash every month, you own your home free and clear, a reverse mortgage is a possibility, but I want you to go with a legitimate lender that requires that you go through independent financial counseling first to make sure this is appropriate for you and that you comparison shop among lenders to see the best offer available. And yes, because of the huge run-up in equity in homes in the last few years, the value of your home that you can tap is now significantly larger in a reverse mortgage. And this is from Dan in Minnesota. Could you give an updated assessment of the Safe Pilot app offered by USAA? The app sounds good in theory, but the reviews are mixed at best. My teenage son will soon get an instructional permit, and I'm evaluating all opportunities to save money on my policy. Yes, you are, Dan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we both have teenage yeah, son you, drivers. You wait. It's really fun when you, you pay those teenage policies. Okay. So with Safe Pilot, it is like a spy on your child. And it's a it's a good spy and probably for a parent, the kid's not gonna like it much because it tracks what they're doing all the time, how much they're using their phone while they're driving, 
where they're driving, how they're driving, the frequency uh, and erratic lane shifts they may be doing. And so it will uh, grade them on jackrabbit starts and stops. I mean, area after area, it is doing full behavioral analysis. It's tracking how much your child is driving. Or you, it does adult. Adults yeah, you can do adults, but I only think about this for I know, kids. But it can save you money. It can adult. save you up to 30%. But with the kids, kids' brains are still developing. Teenagers are not necessarily as mature as we'd like. Even if they're very polite, they're not necessarily as mature as they should be. And so this may actually, the way I look at it for teenagers is it could save the teenager's life. And that's my bias about it. So uh, it's controversial. Any of these telematics are controversial because they're spying on you and you're allowing the insurer to spy on you. This has been around t- since 2006, I think, is when Progressive Insurance first came up with the idea. The technology has gotten much more sophisticated now and the USAA product works simply with, from an app on your cell phone, Android or iPhone. You download the app, you sign up for it with USAA and then it's tracking the driving. So if you're thinking about it from potentially saving money, yeah, it could do that. But in my mind with a teenager, it's really about keeping them safe, keeping them alive. Now, teenagers, I'm sorry. I want you to be safe. Um, So I want to talk about something. We change jobs a lot more often than we used to. And if you've had a 401k where you work, the question is, when you leave that job, what do you do with it? And sadly, making the wrong decision could cost you big money over time. So I have a question for you. What did you do last time you changed jobs? If you had a 401k where you worked, what did you do? Well, according to research from Vanguard, only half the time do people leave the money behind with their old employer? And there are reasons why the other half would move their money. But I want to give you a special warning. Routinely, when you switch a job, you will be approached by financial houses or salespeople trying to get you to move your money. And what happens is that almost always when you give up that old employer 401k and move the money to your own IRA, you can eat up your future retirement dollars. All right, now, there was a study done by the Pew Charitable Trust. They have no axe to grind, but they were studying what happens to you when you take money from particularly a this example and even a big employer 401k the differences would be even larger if it's a big employer 401k but when you take your money from a employer 401k and move it to an ira with the identical investments your management fees are going to go up on that account on average 25 percent So 25% more in management fees each year doesn't seem like it would make a big difference. Well, listen to this example. If you early in your career, let's say you have 30,000 in the employer 401k, 
and you're 40 years from retirement, you decide to move it to your own IRA, and it's just a little more expensive, 25% more expensive in management fees, what difference happens with that $30,000 way down the road? $30,000 over the years is going to compound in, you know, in stock type mutual funds or index funds over the years, target retirement fund, whatever. But remember, the expenses are almost always higher for you as an individual in an IRA versus what an employer is able to get for you in their 401k. So you remember, you started with $30,000. Never add it to it. Just let it grow. When you retire, you have $64,000 less dollars to live on. $64,000 less. You only started with $30,000. But it eats you up. And that's just a small difference in the expense ratio. And if you go to one of those high-cost, high-commission firms with your old 401k money and you move it to a high-cost provider IRA, the differences would be much more stark, much bigger difference in what would happen to you in retirement. And it doesn't matter what age you do it. Pew did estimates based on moving money when you hit retirement, moving money before retirement. And in fact, I have an old employer I've got a a pretty substantial 401k with, and I did not move it to my own IRA because the expenses, it's a big employer, the expenses they had in their 401k were so, so, so low, I could not duplicate them on my own. So I've left the money there, and when the time comes way down the road, then I'll deal with that money. Now, there's a different issue if you tend to change jobs repeatedly. You don't want to end up with 6, 8, 10, 12 different 401k plans, right? So what you can do is typically you can move money from an old employer 401k to a new employer 401k. They may make you wait 90 days or a year or whatever. So you don't have to have multiple 401ks you can have just the one. Now, when is this not going to be true, what I just laid out for you? If you work for a very small company and they have the 401k for their employees with an insurance company, or they have their 401k with a full commission stock brokerage firm, if they do something like that, then the problem is, the fees are going to be so, so very high in that employer 401k that in that one case, it would almost certainly make sense to move the money into your own IRA with a low-cost company uh, like Fidelity, Vanguard, Schwab, Betterment, Wealthfront. All those would be fine to move the money to in your own IRA. But in the circumstance where your existing 401k with the employer you're leaving is with an insurance company administrator or a high-cost company. Um, Any of the bank-affiliated brokerage operations are ultra-high-cost, and you want nothing to do with them when you leave that job with your old employer. Krista? All right. The first question is from John in Michigan. I'd like to use Walmart for home delivery of non-grocery items when they have a better price than Amazon. However, I live in a gated community, and if I'm not home when they come, the Walmart delivery people cannot get past the gate. 
unlike Amazon, Walmart has no field at their online order site for delivery instructions. I've called and emailed Walmart customer service several times over the past two years, and they have verified this is true and said they would report the problem, but nothing has changed. Consequently, I don't want to order from them anymore because the delivery is either not made or the item is left outside the gate. It would take one of their IT guys 30 minutes or less to add a field for delivery instructions. Perhaps if you make mention of this in a podcast, it will prompt some action from this large and somewhat bureaucratic company. They are trying to compete with Amazon, but are failing in this regard. Wait, wait, wait. Somewhat bureaucratic? <laughs> Walmart is the largest private employer in the United States, I think. And they are way bureaucratic. And yeah, it's not heavy code to add an additional line for delivery instructions. Walmart, you've heard the challenge here. I think I think the mentality at Walmart is their shopper base generally is not the income level of the Amazon.com shopper. And they're not really thinking about people who live in gated communities. But the reality is a lot of people ended up being able to live in those gated communities because they were careful with their money. And Walmart historically generally is significantly cheaper than ordering from Amazon. So Walmart just fix this. Gary in Texas says, several years ago, I froze my files with the three credit agencies on Clark's advice. Now I need to set up a procedure to temporarily unfreeze my files and then refreeze them. For instance, when I apply for a credit card, how do I go about doing this? Well, interesting that you asked this question, Gary, because at the time you froze your files, you were given a secret code by each of the three credit bureaus, what they called a PIN, and you had to use that to thaw your files. Well, what's happened, life happens, and the credit bureaus discovered nobody could ever find their PIN codes. So they've all three come up with new procedures for thawing your file temporarily and refreezing it through a series of challenge questions. And now you can just go to Equifax TransUnion or Experian. They'll have you set up an um, account to handle your freeze. And what I would do, it's not easy at the three bureaus to find it. I would do a, a Google or DuckDuckGo search or whatever you use for a search engine. And I'd put in Equifax credit freeze. I wouldn't do that because we have the oh, best guide. Oh, you're worried about on, the scammers? No, we have the best guide on Clark.com. That's oh, like one of our most right popular things. We walk you all through it. Okay. Sorry. Yes, better suggestion, Krista. All right. So isn't that funny? I know, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, you're not amused at all that I would do the search engine thing. Okay, so the biggest hole in the system from media reports is experience process is not tight enough, and criminals have been able to take over people's accounts that have credit freezes, and I hope that Experian will get its act together and not leave people vulnerable who've put in place credit freezes. But I digress. So you'll go through this process and you'll be able to tell each of the bureaus you want to thaw for a week, a day, a month, or you can permanently do what they call lift your freeze. Don't do that. Don't do that last one. And generally what I recommend if you're applying for credit, for a credit card, you probably only need the freeze lifted for a day or two. Let's say three days. Excuse me. And then if you're applying for a mortgage, you need it lifted for two weeks. And car loan, seven days. Those are the cycles of time 
that work well. There's no cost to doing the thaw. You're vulnerable during those days, which is why you want to be judicious how many days you allow the thaw into effect. And from Ken in Alaska, my parents are getting close to Medicare age. I recently heard an ad for a company that is quote unquote free that helps people pick the best Medicare plan for their situation. I can't find anything negative on this company, but I'm always skeptical when I hear the word free used. So people who sell Medicare benefits packages, they're commissioned by the organization. What you need to know is when somebody's approaching Medicare age, the solicitations you get are almost 100% of the time for companies trying to sell you what are called Medicare Advantage plans, also referred to by a lot of opinion writers as Medicare Disadvantage plans. They pay much higher commissions than you going into real Medicare with a Medigap policy and the advantage of a, of a Medicare Advantage plan is that you don't have a lot of out-of-pocket each month or up front with an Advantage plan. The disadvantage is you're generally in a very, very tightly controlled HMO. And so if you have a condition that the Advantage plan you're part of is not good at treating, They'll just let you die. They are not going to let you seek treatment that you need unless you pay out of your own wallet at the place that's good at treating it. Uh, Second, there may be geographic restrictions in an Advantage plan that if you need care and you're away from your home service area, you may not be eligible for care. You'd have to pay out of your own pocket or go without. The biggest problem with an Advantage plan is that it's Hotel California. You sign up for an Advantage plan. If later you don't want to stay in Advantage and your health has changed as you age, you're going to be really limited and it could be expensive for you to get go into traditional Medicare and with a Medigap and get coverage that way. Every time I trash Advantage plans, We get a lot of posts on Clark Stinks from people who are extremely happy with their Advantage plan and don't like how I cast aspersions on them. Know this, there's no free lunch. They're giving you a better premium deal in return for you getting inferior choice with your health care that you have from traditional Medicare where you are free to seek care where you wish. You also, when you first turn 65, you're allowed to buy what's known as a Medigap plan that covers a lot of what Medicare does not cover. These are sold by private insurance organizations. They have to sell a standard package of benefits that are alphabetized, uh, used to be called A through J, and the plan that is most comprehensive typically is a G plan, and That is how you cover all the holes that Medicare has with parts A and B that come from the government. And so those are those are parts. And then you cover additional costs with a plan that you buy from a private company. And then you also have Medicare Part D, which is your drugs. So what happens is it's all so confusing that people shut down. They hear the pitches from the Advantage plan salespeople. 
who are very polite and very aggressive getting you to sign up for the Advantage plan. Because once they got the fish on the hook, you're caught and pretty much it's game over. You are the prisoner of that Advantage plan through your retirement years on Medicare. Again, if you want to give me some feedback about how you don't like the way I'm characterizing this, please go to Clark.com slash Clark Stinks and let me know. And I want to tell you, if you have a question, a situation, a problem you're dealing with, you need guidance, advice, we have that for you for free. It's available to you 30 hours each week. It's a service we've offered for just short of 30 years, 30 hours a week for almost 30 years. And all you do is you go to clark.com slash CAC. You can see the hours and all the details to talk with one of our staff members or volunteers. Or you can call in at 636-492-5275. And that's Monday through Friday, Eastern time zones, 10 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. Have a great day.